0: Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Boschel. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. You know, when we talk about overflow, it's very easy to get caught up in hype So as it is the first Sunday, I really want to deal with what I believe is the most important aspect to experience God's overflow in every area of your life. And that's not only for this year, but that is every day of your life. And my message, the title of my message, very simply, you have to give Jesus the key. If you have the key, God can't open the door. If you have the key, then God can't lead you and guide you. So when we talk about overflow, I want to talk about the key. And the key is the key. The The se in Because we don't live from moment to moment. This is a journey. And I want to talk about two aspects today that's so basic that most people miss it. But I want to start with a story, and it's not somebody sitting here today. A rich young guy that lives in Vaterkloof, um in Pretoria, sleeps upstairs in his master bedroom, and one morning, he hears a faint knock on the door, six o'clock in the morning. He's not up for prayer yet, should be. And he quickly runs down, opens the door, and there is Jesus standing. <coughs> He says, good morning, Jesus, because that's what we're gonna do, right? Being polite. And Jesus said, I've come to live with you. The young man very politely says, oh Jesus, I never expected this, but you are so welcome. I have a special guest room for you, upstairs. And he takes him, puts him in the guest room, goes to work, comes back, sleeps that night. The next morning, there's a loud knocking on the door. And the young man thinks, who's this? And this time it's like five o'clock in the morning or four o'clock in the morning, and he jumps out of bed, not sure what is happening, runs down the steps, opens the door, and there's the devil. He says, I've come, I have come, I have come. <laughs> because it's not as bad as you think, okay? Um, he says, I've come to occupy your house, and the young man wrestles him at the door and the struggle goes backwards and forwards and eventually he pushes the devil out of the house, slams the door, locks the door, and exhausted, he turns around and looks back and sees Jesus standing at the top of the stairs looking down at him. And he says, but Jesus, you're living in my house. Why did you not help me? And Jesus said, I came to live with you but you only gave me one room. The young man says, okay, I get it. You can have the whole upstairs. I'll move downstairs. And you know what happens the next morning? There's a loud rapping on the door again and knocking on the door again. And the young man frightened again, thinks, what am I gonna do? And the knocking doesn't stop. He jumps up, unlocks the door, turns the key, opens the door and there's the devil again. This more the devil is more aggressive. And he pushes him, the devil is halfway into the door. He's got a foot into the, low, into the uh, uh, entrance hall and the young man is wrestling backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. Eventually he manages to get the devil out of his house and he slams the door closed, exhausted he stands. And he's thinking, what's happening? And again he turns around and there Jesus stands at the top of the stairs. And he says, but Jesus, why did you not help me? And Jesus said, I asked you to come and live in your house but you only gave me upstairs. This time, third time, lucky, the young man got it. And he said, okay, Jesus, I get it. I'll give you the key to the front door. That night, the young man went to bed and the next morning, guess what? There was a loud knocking on the door again. And the young man was all frightened and he panicked and he jumped up again when he heard faint little footsteps, not little footsteps, big footsteps, come down the stairs. And he thought everything is going to be okay and he opened the door and he peeked through a little opening and he saw Jesus go to the front door take the key and put it in the door and unlock it and open the door and he saw the devil bow low and say sorry lord i'm at the wrong address hallelujah come on you've got to give him the key to your heart you've got to give him the key to your life You want to say, oh, come on, man. You want to see all God has for you. You cannot just give Him a room. You cannot give Him the place you think He wants. You have to give Him the whole house. You have to give Him the key. You have to give Him the authority. You have to allow God to have control because when He's Lord, He can guide you. When He's Lord, He can protect you. When He's Lord, He can uh, provide. He can safeguard you when He's in control. He will open doors no man can shut. Come on. You've got to give him the door or the key to the door. And I want to talk about that this morning. Luke chapter 19. Bible says in verse 19, Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, verse verse 1, Luke 19 verse 1. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and he was rich. Nothing wrong about being rich or having money. But it's not a good thing if riches has you. And he sought to see who Jesus was. Like many of you came today, New Year's resolution: This year I'm going to serve God flat out. But good news because of the crowd for he was of short stature. So he ran ahead, climbed to a sycamore tree to see him. For he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him. Oh, I can preach from Any two words from this verse? I want you to know that God sees you. Now you need to hear this. He sees you. He sees, sees where you are at. He sees your struggle. He sees exactly what you are going through. God sees you. And this morning, He is coming to you, not to judge you. He's coming to you to save you and to lift you and to help you and to love you and to bless you. Can you say amen? So Zacchaeus is an outcast, he's a tax collector. And he said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste. And come down from whatever you have to come down from. For today, everybody say today. Everybody say today. If you can't say today, say today. I must stay at your house. So he made haste, he was a wise man. And he came down his high horse and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying he has gone to be a guest with a man who's a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, 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 I give half my goods to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him today, there it is again. Today, salvation has come to this house because He also is the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. I'm going to read a few verses further on to get the context. As they heard these things, He spoke another parable because He was near Jerusalem and because they thought the kingdom of God would appear immediately. Then he said, Jesus, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. So he called 10 of his servants, delivered to them 10 minors, gifts, talents. And he said to them, do business until I come. Occupy or increase my kingdom, kingdom meaning my rule and reign in the earth. But his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him saying, we will not have this man to reign over us. And so it was when he returned, having received the kingdom, he commanded these servants to whom he had given the money, the gifts, the talents, the ability, the time, the treasure, to be called to him that he might know how much every man had gained by training. And we know the story. The one who received five multiplied them and gained five others. And God says, well done, good and faithful servant. The other one likewise with the two. And then the one with the one went and hit his talent. Never lived for the purpose and the plan of God for his life. So Zacchaeus, after he receives Jesus, number one, joyfully, and after there is visible repentance, where Zacchaeus changes his ways. Only then Jesus says, today salvation has come to this house. So Zacchaeus was a very rich man. He lived for this world, but Zacchaeus was lost. Jesus himself said, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world? and in the process loses himself. What is the price of your soul? What will you pay in exchange for your soul, your relationship, your walk with God? Zacchaeus had no eternal purpose. He lived for the now. Number four, Zacchaeus was desperate for God. I'll tell you one thing I've learned, that those who sin, the loudest are those who look for God the most. Those who are the most radical people out there are those who are trying to silence the void on the inside. And let me tell you, at the start of 2024, there is one person that will fill the vacuum in your heart and his name is Jesus Christ. You were created by God and for God and you can get all the riches in the world. You can have all the fame in the world. You can have all the prestige in the world, but you will not be a happy man. You will not be a happy woman. There is one void that only God can fill. And you have to turn to God and allow God to fill the most important empty space of your life. And that is you have to open your heart and allow Jesus to come and take His place in your life. Come on if you believe it today. Jump to your feet somebody say Amen and give the Lord a praise because you love to praise Him. So Zacchaeus was desperate to see Jesus. Listen, people are desperate for God. They don't know it. They're looking in the wrong places. That's why this year we are going to preach the gospel like never, right? We are going to share Jesus with our friends, right? We are going to go fill those empty spaces, right? We are going to go to the broken, to the lost, to the dying, to the poor, to the hopeless. And we are going to tell them about Jesus Christ. Come on, because He alone, I said He alone. And we better get it right. Jesus alone will satisfy the desire of your heart. There is nothing else that will. So when you set your goals this year, number one more of Jesus. And we don't have to spiritualize it. We have to understand it and pursue it. God first, not second. So Zacchaeus received Jesus joyfully. You know when this journey no longer is a joy, it's because you've lost your first love. And David says, Lord, restore to me the joy of your salvation. If coming to church is heavy, if going to home cell, reading your Bible, has become a heavy burden to you, my dear friend, you have to take a look into your heart because you've lost your first love and you have to allow God to reestablish that love relationship between you and Jesus Christ. You have to fall in love with Jesus all over again. Can you say amen today? So you receive Jesus joyfully and then he repents from his old ways And, and then Jesus says, today salvation's come. So the question this morning is, what was lost in Zacchaeus life? Think quickly and answer in five seconds. What was lost? What was lacking? He's a Jew, son of Abraham. He's going to the synagogue, 10 to 1. Sure, he was lost in the natural, but more than that, God did not have a place in his life. He was religious. And when we quote Luke 19 verse 10, The Son of Man has come to seek and save that which is lost. Yes, we talk about lost souls, but really that scripture talks about the rule and the reign of God lost or missing in people's lives. Where the Lordship of Jesus has not been established, because let me tell you this morning, when the Lordship of Jesus is established in your life, then every other issue in your life will be settled. Because when the Lordship of Jesus is established, you believe He's in control. When the storm comes, you don't fear the storm because He's the Lord of the storm. When you go through calamity, you don't fear the calamity because you know He's the Lord, your shepherd. He will lead you and He will guide you. When you're attacked, you don't feel threatened because you know He's the Lord, your deliverer. Are you listening to me today? So when we talk about the Lordship of Jesus, people fear it because they think it's this heavy heavy, this burdensome. Revelation that people try to impose upon Christians, but you have to understand when you encounter Jesus, there's two aspects you have to encounter him as your savior, then as your Lord. So when Zacchaeus receives Jesus into his house. He does so joyfully. How many of you remember the day you got saved? Come on, hallelujah. Oh, come on, shout the day that you were saved. You need to have a birthday which is more real than your physical birthday. Can you remember? My birthday is the 14th of November, 1982, 10 o'clock in the morning. I got saved. Jesus saved me. Hallelujah, I was lost. So if you have a spiritual birthday on the count of three, shout it out. One, two, three, shout it out. Now, how many of you remember that that cost you nothing? Huh? Salvation costs you nothing. I think sometimes our doctrine is a little bit skewed. And I understand what people say. They say you have to repent and then get saved. You cannot. Because repentance is not a work of man. It's a work of the Holy Spirit that follows through salvation. Repentance is an ongoing process. Repentance means change of ownership, change the direction in your life. And we always wrestle God for ownership, if we are honest. Easy to be saved and shout hallelujah, that costs you nothing. Easy to receive God's love and God's grace and God's power and God's healing. It's all free and it is, because that's the God that we serve. Salvation is a free gift. So the first encounter Zacchaeus has with Jesus is he encounters Jesus as Saviour. And what a day that is. That day was the best day of my life. It's like this morning. It's as fresh in my mind as this morning. I can't remember the day I was born physically. My parents told me I was born, so I have to believe them. But hey... I remember the day I accepted Jesus Christ. I remember the day when He loved me and forgave me. I remember the day when I walked into a building lost and blind and bound a a sinner and I was chased by the grace of God. Come on, if you are saved and you know it and your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, jump to your feet all over South Africa and give this amazing Jesus a bit of praise. Come on, praise Him for your salvation. Praise him for what he oh come on. Ephesians 2, verse 8. The Bible says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So we like to take credit for things. God says, For your salvation, you cannot you come to me a sinner, you leave a saint. And it's not you that made up your mind to get right with God. It's you responding to what Jesus already did for you. You receive it. So we get confused. Because if we preach repentance as a work, it becomes a religion. Hmm. Romans 3 verse 24, Bible says, being justified freely by His grace. So salvation, forgiveness, justification, justice would never sin—costs us nothing, zero. All you do is you say, "I believe." What did that cost you? Nothing. What did it cost Jesus? Everything. His life, his throne. It cost him everything to save you and me. What a great salvation! What a great saviour. Come on. I just feel his presence here this morning. Just love on him this morning. Love him the way he loves you. Come on. Hallelujah. Romans 5 and 17 says, For if by one man's offence death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. So, so reigning in life starts with accepting Jesus as your saviour. Your good works will not save you. Your religion will not save you. Your political affiliation will not save you. There's one Saviour and His name is Jesus Christ. There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved, but the name of Jesus, J-E-S-U-S, God has given Him the name that is above every other name. Hallelujah. So as through one man's offence, judgment came to all resulting in condemnation, even so as through one man's righteous act, the free gift. Everybody say free gift. Uh uh-uh. Everybody say free gift. Came to all men resulting in justification of life. This is important because many people stay here. They never move on. They get saved and they stay there. And then they shout the promises of God. But they've never encountered Jesus on the second level. Receiving Jesus costs you nothing. I wanna keep it simple, it cost him everything. It's free. You have to desire it. You have to acknowledge that he's the only savior as Zacchaeus did, he's religious. But when he hears Jesus comes, he runs ahead. He wants to get close to Jesus. I wanna tell you people, I don't talk to people that want nothing to do with God. People are hungry for God. People wanna know Jesus. But not if we portray Him as this religious, heavy-handed God. He's not. He came firstly as Saviour. For unto us a son is given. You will call His name Jesus, for He shall save His people from their sin. So the first thing He came to do was save you. And that, my dear friend, costs you nothing. It's free. It's free. You accept it. And you're forgiven. You're righteous. Now... Zacchaeus did not stay there. He did not invite Jesus into one of the rooms or into a portion of the house. He gave him the key. A key is symbolic of ownership. He who owns the key of the front door owns the house. He who owns the key of the business. You want to go deeper? <laughs> The key, a bronze key, a gold key that the Bible talks about, represents authority, rule, and reign. So when we get saved, we accept Jesus as Savior. Now a second thing has to happen. In response to His love, we now need to give Him the key to our heart. Because He lives in our heart. And He leads and guides you from the heart. So he has to be allowed to turn the key. Whichever way he desires, whichever relationship you pursue, whichever career you pursue, whichever city you choose to live in, you want to experience overflow, you have to establish, listen to me, the Lordship of Jesus in your life. Not I'm saved, but I own the key. Because when you own the key, God is not in control. God cannot defend you. God cannot protect you like that young man. He owned the key, but Jesus was in his life. So that represents salvation. He's in the house, he lives in a room, he lives in an aspect. He's in a portion of your life, but he's not in your money. He's not in your business. He's not in your relationship. He's in your Sunday experience, but he's not in other, other aspects of your life. Let's not be about the Bush family. This walk with God is the most important walk you can have. And it starts with a love relationship. And this kingdom we come part of is governed by the love of God. The atmosphere in God's kingdom is love, not judgment, not condemnation. And God wants to lead you from a place of love so He does not demand you to give Him the key. What does He say in Revelation 3 verse 20? Behold, I stand at the door of your heart and I knock. If any man opens, I will come only with or via invitation. I'm not gonna force myself into your life. I'm not gonna force myself into your decisions. I'm not gonna force myself into your relationships. You have to give me the key. Have you? Think carefully, not with condemnation. Who has the key? Because what did Jesus come to establish? That parable is very clear. He came to receive a kingdom. A kingdom is what? God's rule, God's reign in the earth. Until God does not have the rule and the reign, He does not have the control. So we can pray, but we will work against God because we're not in a place to be led. So after Zacchaeus receives Him, listen, listen please. He receives Him joyfully. Oh, I got saved today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, you did. And now, we have to talk about discipleship. We have to talk about the next step, baptism. We have to talk about surrender. You receive Jesus as Lord, that's salvation. You now give yourself to Jesus as your Lord. That is the Lordship of Jesus being established, that is giving Jesus the key. The full ownership. It's not easy, is it? Uh-huh. I-, I-, I can't talk to you about dreams and visions and I do want to, I, want to, I wanted to come in here and supercharge you because I can. And I thought, uh-uh, no. Who's got the key? Because you're going to run under whose authority? You're going to build under whose authority? You're going to pursue. You're going to go live. You're going to go work. Who had that? Who's, who turns the key? Who turns the key? So I'll say this again. When, when the Lordship of Jesus is, is settled in your life, every other issue is easy to deal with and to settle you understand things differently. You understand God is in control. You understand God will have the final say. Even in the most difficult times of your life, you do not doubt God's intention to you because you no longer have the key. So, so uh, surrender requires repentance. There is the repentance that follows salvation, where you give Jesus the full ownership of your life, where you willingly, and I want to emphasize the word willingly Hand over the keys of your life. It's not easy, right? I mean, you tell somebody to drive your car, especially some of your husbands. I had a problem with that myself because the spatial visual is not always the best. So she blessed every car that she ever drove. Uh, I mean, every front fender was like... I said, okay, my... And even with a beep, 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 beep. I said, where did that come from? I have no idea. Okay. So I, I started holding on to the key was mine yeah some of you know what I'm talking about I mean some of the wives are like that okay they hold on to the keys of everything let's not go there when we do the marriage series we are going to talk about that so this is where you willingly hand Jesus the keys of your life and that's a relationship intimacy intimacy This is where the rule and reign of Jesus is established in every area of your life. And that's continuous. That's why repentance is not a once-off event. Surrendering to Jesus as saviour is, but the journey of repentance is ongoing. And it's your will submitting to God's will, not taking back the ownership, the key. Your beliefs, your priority, your time, your relationships, your Christian walk. How are you going to serve God this year? Have you come back and said, I'm worn out. I'm taking a sabbatical. Well, God's very clear to tell His servants, you are yet to establish my kingdom and your business has to be part of my kingdom and you're going to give account for what you did for my kingdom, increasing my rule and reign on planet earth. That's why you are alive. Not to make honey or money like Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus had a lot of money but no purpose. You're giving. When are you going to settle that? That the tithe is holy to the Lord. That you serve God not with your lips only, but with your money as well, honey. You can't sing, I surrender all. All to thee, except my money. My blessed Saviour, I surrender all. I surrender all, except my time. All to thee, my blessed Saviour, I surrender all. No, all means... All means, all today still means. Hey, don't go quiet on me if I'm trying to get you on the path of righteousness and the path that God has for you. Give the Lord a clap. Come on, give Him a praise today. Hallelujah. Your habits, your thoughts, your purpose, your body, your te- which is the temple of the Holy Ghost, your career, where you live. A lot of people make plans. start to track. Is it someone anders? is het Godse sleetel wat jouw hart ontsluit het om hy bezigheid te begin. Jy beter seker maak. Want hy wil nie die Heer wees van seker aspekte van jou leven nie. Die koop my gebouw, jy beter seker maak. God het jou gesê om my gebouw te koop. Because God will back what God ordained you for. So he'll unlock the secrets in his time. He'll unlock the faith. He does everything. All you have to do is surrender. Give Him the key. Your future plans, storms and challenges. When He has the key, He will open the door. But if you have the key, God can't open the door. Door of opportunity, door of favour, door of blessing, door of overflow. So the Lordship of Jesus, His rule and reign. Listen, He said, the very heart... Of this redemptive message of Jesus Christ. It's at the core. The lordship of Jesus. It's not an aspect. It's the aspect. Where Jesus is Lord of all. Romans 14 verse 8 Paul says. For if we live we live to the Lord. And if we die we die to the Lord. Therefore whether we live or die. We are the Lord's. Hallelujah. This passage makes it clear that Jesus comes to establish a kingdom. And that we are to move beyond just the desire to go to heaven, to actually being filled with a desire to live for God, for His purpose on this earth. So when you encounter Jesus, you have to accept Him as your Savior, and then surrender to him as your Lord. And I'll say it again, it's not a heavy revy, but it's the only way. It's the only way We use surrender all. That's the journey of sanctification. Die proces uh, van heiligmaking waar jy meer en meer en meer van jouself oorgee aan die Heere. Waar jy God toelaat om in jou leven in sy licht te skyn. Waar jy God toelaat om in elke spasie kom jy sluit hom nie uit jou gedagtes uit nie, want jy rechtverdig jou nie. Jy hou nie aan jou bitterheid vast nie. You're not locked in your mind with unforgiveness because you've given him the key in certain aspects, but not the key in other aspects. You have to give him the key of all, everything. You have to give him the key of your heart. This is where He's gonna lead you from. And when you come before His presence, a throne of grace, He's not there going to, going to judge you. We all know how God works with us, how? Gently, He prompts us. You stand there and you feel justified about the anger, the offense, the betrayal, and you start getting God's presence. And God's forgive, for if you do not forgive, neither will I forgive you. You have to give Him the key. Once and for all, then it's easy. Because when the Holy Spirit then talks to you, read the Word, it's easy for you to say, yes, Lord, because your will has been crucified with His. You've taken up your cross. you understand this is a journey where you follow Him? Not a journey where you are saved and He's an aspect of your life? Did we ever think Jesus only wants to be a part of our lives? No. God is into ownership. Amen. Smile good news because this is liberating not restrictive this will break the power of Satan over your life this will release kingdom authority and dominion in your life when you give Jesus the keys come on at the start of 2024 give Jesus the key of your heart come on he's knocking he's calling you he's calling some of you back like Peter you've gone back to fishing God says no you fished long enough you come back into my kingdom purpose You come back into my kingdom order and you give me the key of your heart. If you give me the key, I will lead you, I will guide you, I will keep you, I will provide for you because I'm Lord of all. Come on, He's the Lord of the storm. He's the Lord of your future. He's the Lord of the devil. He's the Lord of your iniquity. He's the Lord of your your opposition. He's Lord of all. Come on, even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil. For the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That's the key to overflow. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Say it this morning. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That means you will not want in any area of your life. You will not want for peace. For joy. For knowledge. For wisdom. For the things that actually matter. Because what Zacchaeus thought mattered really didn't matter in the end. Because naked we come into this world and naked we leave this world. But living a life of purpose, no money can give you that. Only Jesus can. And when He comes into your heart, He's like, yes Lord. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. That saved a wretch like me. But how many people stay there? And they never go... (laughs) Bye. And they never go into the place of handing him the key. And sometimes like that young man, we first have to go through things. We fight and we wrestle and we confess and we pray. And many often that's at work because we haven't surrendered. And we have to fast and pray for our breakthrough. I'm all for fasting and praying, and I'm going to go and fast and pray when I'm back from Australia. But um, fasting the, and praying is not going to move you when you're outside of this space. I know it's simple but it's everything. It's everything. Every day of your life. Your relationship with God. When the heart, the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord, he turns it. This way, that way. Stand, move, witness, give. But we can't, and, and it's a simple example. Every time there's an offering, we debate, we wrestle. Why? In, in 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 the least, which God calls money. Why do we wrestle? How's it even possible to wrestle if you no longer have the key? Because you have the key to your heart, he has the key to your bank balance, surely? To your marriage, to your children, to your friendship circles, to everything. He knows better. He will guide you gently in love and just say, uh-uh, not that way. That's how it he works. It's not a heavy-handed. It's not strong-armed. It's never going to wrestle you into submission. Like the, 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 the father of the prodigal son, he will allow you to go your own way and do your own thing. And when you come to your senses, he'll accept you again. Some of you have to come to your senses today. I don't know what's heading your way, but I'll tell you things are heading your way. Good and some bad as well. I'm sorry to say it. It's life. You want to be sure that you're standing on the rock and that you don't own the key. So why not at the start of this year, give him the key. Give him the key. Give it back. Put it in his hands. Let's stand to our feet, please. Lift your hands with me for a moment, if you would. If you don't want to, that's your choice. God loves you. I don't know where you are, but He does. I don't know what you're facing, He does. And as your Savior, He's paid the price for you, for every sin, every wrong. And at the start of this year, it doesn't matter what you've done, His blood speaks, and you can receive salvation this morning. And for those of you that have received salvation, maybe that have taken the ownership back, before we get into the theme of overflow, let's do this right. Let's do this right. Give Him the key. Give Him the key. Give Him the key. Father, I've done what I can. You alone touch hearts and change minds. I'm but a vessel and cannot change a single person without your anointing touching them. I pray this message that your design and purpose will accomplish what you predestined. I pray that we receive this word with meekness, humility, and that just as Mary, we would say, Be it unto me according to thy word. Help us to see the love you have for us. But also the purpose that we are called unto. That we will not live like Zacchaeus the selfish, self-centered lives. But we will live Lives. Centered on the Lord Jesus Christ and your purpose, which is to seek and save the lost. For you are clear. You said in the very scripture, the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. John 20, 21, you said, Father, as you sent me, so I sent them into this world. Use us, Father, to establish your rule and reign in the hearts of people that are lost in backsliders, prodigals, that we may see multitudes saved and multitudes come into relationship with you and those who have wandered away that they will wander back to you and have a divine encounter with you that you will be Lord of all that you will take your place as only you can thank you for your love and your grace move in this place and in every church that is with us this morning as only you can And help us through your grace to be everything you called us to be. We humble ourselves and we submit willingly to you. And we receive your grace, your love, your mercy, forgiveness. In Jesus' name,
1: we worship you. We worship you. What a message to challenge us at the beginning of this new year. The reality is new beginnings don't start with the turning of a calendar page. New beginnings start when we make a decision to turn our hearts to Jesus Christ. We've heard this morning that we have to give Jesus the key. We have to surrender our everything to Him. The Bible does say He comes and stands at the door of our heart and He knocks. He does the knocking. But we have to open our hearts to Him. And while every head is bowed and every eye is closed and believers are praying this morning, maybe you've come into one of our churches and you've never surrendered your heart to Jesus. You might know about Him. You might have been a regular church goer, but you've never fully surrendered to Him. Right now, on the first Sunday of this year, you have the amazing opportunity. Pastor, said it, salvation has come to your house today. Maybe you're standing here today and you're saying, listen, I once gave my life to Christ, but things have happened and I now see how I've taken control back of my life and I've taken control of the key again of my life. I want to say to you this morning, listen, it's a new beginning today where you can give back the control to Jesus Christ. Maybe things have just happened. Come on, it's time to come back to Him in the beginning of this year. What an opportunity. What a privilege for us this morning to be in in God's presence where He's bringing us back to Him. So while every head is bowed, every eye is closed all over this place, and they're in Bloemfontein, Cape Town, Durban, all the other CRC churches. You need to get right with God this morning. I want you quickly to put your hand up and say, yes, pray for me. Include me in this prayer. You want to give your heart to Jesus. You want to come back to Jesus. You've wandered away from Jesus. It's time to come back to Him. Then this morning all over this place and in every other church, quickly slip up your hand and say, yes, you're talking to me this morning. That word this morning was for me. I need to give myself back to Him. I need again to set myself right with God. This is the opportunity. If that's you, quickly, all over this place, slip up your hand, come on, quickly, in the name of Jesus, come on. Slip it up now in Jesus' name. Slip it up high. Bless you, bless you, bless you, all over this place, come on. Slip it up there at the back, come on. God loves you, but you've got to respond to Him. He's knocking on the door of your heart, but you've got to respond to Him. He's wooing you unto Himself, but you've got to respond to Him. If that's you this morning, you haven't yet raised your hand, quickly slip it up. Bless you right at the back on the balcony. Bless you all over this place. Bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. They're in Bloemfontein. Come on, slip it up. God loves you and He's waiting for you to respond to Him. Gonna say it again? A new beginning doesn't start with the turning of a calendar page. It starts... By the turning to Jesus. You haven't yet raised your hand. Raise it quickly. Say yes, you're talking to me. Quickly. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Right at the back. Bless you. Thank you. May I put your hands down? Listen, as pastor I was preaching this morning and he said, do you remember the day that you got saved? Do you remember the joy that you've had? I can remember it like it was yesterday. 29 years ago, the 7th of November. A Tuesday afternoon in a pastor's office. But it changed my life. If your life is not right with God, quickly, we're going to give you 30 seconds. If you've wandered away from God, wander back to Him. We're giving you 30 seconds. Come on. There's no joy like that. The joy of His salvation in your life. Come on, come quickly. Come on. Out of that chair, quickly, whoever you are, it doesn't matter. You come quickly. We clap, you come. Come on. He's, Pastor, i said this morning, it'll be a year of soul winning. Come on. Encourage your, your love, your encouragement helps people. Come quickly. There are a few coming quickly, waiting. Come on quickly. Quickly, quickly. They're in Bloemfurtain. Quickly. Then we're going to pray, then we're going to pray, then we're going to pray that joy of knowing Jesus, that joy of knowing your sin is forgiven, that joy of having that burden lifted off your, or that weight off your shoulders in Jesus' name. There's a few more coming. Come quickly, come quickly, come quickly, come quickly in the name of Jesus. Come on, 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 our lives get so tangled with things. Jesus has to have the key to our heart. What a message, what a message. What a message. What a privilege for us to pray with you this morning on the 7th of January, the first Sunday of this year. We know God's going to do amazing things for you here in Pretoria, there in Bloemfontein, all the other churches. Just so put your hand upon your heart, pray this simple prayer, and say this with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that You are the Son of God, and that You died for my sins, and that You rose from the grave to give me life. And I ask You, Jesus to take your rightful place in my life. And I hand over this morning the key, the rulership and the reign of my life. I receive your love, your forgiveness and your promise of new life. And I ask you to guide me, to guard me, to keep me and to use me for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.